Today, I've titled the message something you may be a little unfamiliar with, maybe a little, little new to your mind and to your heart, but I've titled today's message, Under the Fig Tree. How about that? How about that for those online watching? Under the fig tree. I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, or you've got it open in the Bible app, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 1. Last week we were also in the Gospel of John. Who knows where we'll be precisely next week or the week after, but these first two weeks we're in the Gospel of John. That's four books in the New Testament, and we're going to look at a passage, not the first follower of Jesus called or invited, but a unique one, Matthew, or excuse me, Matthew, good Lord, John chapter 1, verse 43, follow along with me. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Those are Jesus' two favorite words. Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel's first words. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Under the fig tree, I saw you. What a strange phrase. Under The fig tree is the title of today's message, and if there's a byline, it is this. The journey from knowing about God to being known by God. A journey moving us from knowing about God to the revelation That we are known by God. Nathaniel's, in the Gospel of John now, Nathaniel's is the first confession of Messiah arriving. 
John writes in chapter 1, it begins beautifully in the beginning. The Word came. And line upon line, truth upon truth, it just opens up before us. Shortly before Philip is called, Simon, Peter, and Andrew are called. And then it moves quite rapidly to Philip doing what many of us do. we got to tell somebody. So we invite and share with those closest to us. Philip finds Nathaniel. Nathaniel is skeptical at first. First off, he says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We know the Messiah. He's not from Nazareth. The Messiah comes from Bethlehem. But with his limited understanding at the time, he's just stuck in skepticism. And then we notice a few short sentences later, He's moved from knowing about this one called Jesus to being known by this one called Jesus. Now I want to talk just for a brief moment on Nathaniel, and then I just want to spend a little time on this fig tree thing, because let's be honest, it's, it's a little interesting, isn't it? I, 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 I wouldn't be able to interview all of us, but I, I would beckon not many of us have spent a lot of time on Fig trees. I mean, some of you who maybe used to the Mediterranean climate and have, you know, a large green thumb, you're more aware of fig trees than perhaps even I am. But we'll spend a moment biblically looking at what some of those things meant at that time. But, but this guy, Nathaniel, all right, this, this, this guy, Nathaniel, Nathaniel makes two cameos, very small, very small, almost minute, almost not there moments in the Gospel of John. This story which I've just, you know, you're reading your Bible, you're reading along, you just, it's not one of those stories that you're like, hmm, let's spend a little time. It's kind of one of those, all right, fig trees, that happens. You know, Jesus calling people, that happens. All right. Nathaniel shows up here, and then Nathaniel's mentioned 20 chapters later at the end. He's one of seven that has breakfast with the resurrected Christ on the shores. Perhaps you're familiar with that gospel passage where it's called, we label it how Jesus restores Peter. Peter, a couple chapters earlier, the three denials. Well, in John chapter 21, Jesus reinstates Peter. Nathaniel's present at that breakfast. Two small little cameos. And Nathaniel, he's, 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 he's a smart guy, we could imagine. He's from Cana which if you follow in your Bible a little bit later, Jesus is about to show up to a wedding, and perhaps you've heard of it, just turn some water to wine in Nathaniel's hometown. Here's what's interesting about the Gospel of John. There are no lists of the disciples. So uh, some traditions, we don't know. Nathaniel may not have been one of the 12. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, they've got that whole list of right the 12. We know who the 12 are, so we're following them. Nathaniel's not on that list. But in John, we see Philip is called and said, hey, come and see. Come and see if anything good can come out of Nazareth. Nathaniel follows. One can imagine Nathaniel's following a little skeptical, a little reluctant. I mean, if anything's coming out of Nazareth, we don't think it's a rabbi. Certainly, if anything's coming out of Nazareth, we're not going to think it's the Messiah. 
But he encounters the living God. And it's important we just spend a moment on those two words, fig tree, okay? It's, it's important, trust me, don't check out here. We're not going to talk about, you know, planting trees and growing fruit. Maybe another time, but not now. Fig tree is significant. It's symbolic. In one of the last books of the Old Testament, let me turn there since you're asking. Micah 4, 4. Micah 4, 4 says this. Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree. And no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. Micah chapter 4 also is all about the coming Messiah. And it is a place known at this time. It's under the fig tree. It's a place of peace. It's a place of the Hebrew word shalom. And there is no reason to fear or to be afraid. The fig tree comes up not only there, it's in the book of Judges, it's in uh, some of the major prophets, and tradition would have it that you would say, hey, they are under the fig tree, and almost everybody would know what you're talking about. When somebody's under the fig tree, that's where you go to study Torah, and that's where you go to study the Messianic prophecies. You go under the fig tree. Because that is the place of shalom. It is the place of peace. At the coming of Jesus in these days, rabbis would teach students under the fig tree. The fig tree would become known as a statement. They were under the fig tree, and it's a statement of prayer. It's a statement of an intentional heart towards the things of God. It's a statement of a heart open to the ways of Yahweh, to the ways of what you and I would say, to the ways of Christ, to the ways of Jesus. It's a way of living surrendered. It's the Lord's Prayer, if you will, not my will, but thy will be done. And actually living in that space. If you're asking me, well, what do I think is going on? I think all of it's going on. I just, I just think it's all taking place. I think Nathaniel is actually under a fig tree. And I think he's sitting there, which would not have been surprising for the people of the day. He's sitting there praying. He's contemplating. He's Thinking, we don't know. He may have just come from synagogue or the synagogue and the, the, the Saturday before. He's just listening. And maybe something was said that, that just wedged in his heart and it's just begun stirring up within him. And, and he's just thinking about, man, when is Messiah coming? When is he going to be here? We are desperate. We are forsaken. In the climate that Jesus arrived, the Jewish tradition was at a fever pitch for the coming Messiah. Now, if full disclosure there, here's what they were thinking. A military leader. Somebody coming in power and strength who would overthrow the Roman regime. They were totally confused when Jesus showed up as the Messiah. Nonviolent, peaceful, 
serving our enemies. What? That's kind of crazy. Nathaniel is under the tree, and who knows what he is pouring out before God. His desperation, his frustration, his difficulties of life. And he's camped out under the fig tree, and maybe it's there that he gets elbowed by Philip. Maybe Philip doesn't even approach the fig tree. He just throws a stone, hits him upside the head, says, come on, we found the one. I mean, those aren't terms you just throw around in that climate. But here he is saying, we found the one. And then he says just some ridiculous things. It's, it's, it's in, he's from Nazareth. Jesus. What? Nazareth? In that day and time, Cana was the big city. Nazareth was small. Insignificant. And so, Nathaniel's thinking, what, what, what are we doing following this guy? Are you sure that you're sure? And the gospel account doesn't uh, maybe say all the words that were exchanged, but Nathaniel's at least peaked. He's a little curious, a little interested, and he arrives as a skeptic. And he arrives as a skeptic, and Jesus is there, and Jesus says, hmm, here is one who there is nothing false. Nathaniel is every good male when approached that says, hey, there's nothing false. Well, how do you know me, of course? <laughs> Just kidding. And Jesus says, nothing false. Nathaniel said, well, how, how do you know me? And Jesus said, hey, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. It's a small verse, but it's enough to change Nathaniel's life forever. That verse leads to Nathaniel's next phrase. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Two verses that reveal to us the transformation that Jesus wants from each and every one of us. It's the invitation, come follow me. Come and follow me, Jesus says. I want to take you from knowing about God to being known by God. Today, Jesus wants to invite you to move from knowing about the things of God or about our preconceived ideas about God to the revelation that we are known by God. We are loved by God. We are set apart by God. When those moments happen, which full disclosure, we've probably all had a couple moments, but we shift our position. Now we're in church, and depending on how comfortable we feel, we're not going to bring up our skepticism, right? We're just going to sing the songs, lift the hands, but we're curious, some, some of us. We do it like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And maybe there was a season in your life, right, where you just showed up to youth because 
You heard. Pizza and potential dates. And at that time, that was all you needed. If all that was flooding your brain and all that was going on, pizza and dates. And somebody, somebody invited you. And so you started going, man. You're just like, oh, this is okay. This is okay. And you just kept going and going and going. You, you began to what we call know about God. It's such a beautiful thing when people begin to know about God. And then one day you woke up. You, you, you couldn't predict it. You couldn't forecast it. You couldn't pull up the app. But all you know is, is at some point you woke up, you went to school, you went throughout, and then a moment happened where you realized King Jesus is the Son of the living God. And He requires my life. Maybe you... We're going through life in a transition and a little unsure of the transition. And you were taking ground by faith and you were following the Lord and you were walking in His truth and His grace, but Jesus showed up and says, hey, I don't want you to live knowing about me. I want you to be loved and known by me. I remember seven years ago, wonderful season of life in the most wonderful place in life. Disney World. I remember the Lord had dropped a seed and my wife and I are heart about upcoming season of life transition taking place and nothing better than to get distracted by the teacup somebody <laughs> nothing better to be there with your two-year-old and making lots of fun memories and spending way too much on candy and chicken nuggets and french fries and coke diet coke and just enjoying the scenery and then jesus shows up and says Hey, under that beautiful Florida sky, I saw you, and I gave you a sign in the sky to move from knowing about me to being known by me. Check out this photo. In just a minute. If you need me, I can spell out what's after the J. It's fine, but... <laughs> 2014, April. Kelly and I and our daughter, we're just walking in the parking lot. One daughter at the time. Life is great. Life is good. But the season of transition was beginning to stir in our heart. There's some important conversations coming up. Dare I say, there wasn't fear, but there was apprehension in the air. <laughs> there was 
maybe a, just a small measure of anxiety in the air and the unknown before us. And who knows what was taking place. All I know is we sure felt known in that moment. We sure felt seen by God in that moment to get a trust. I wanted to make sure I captured it. You see, it's almost fading away there. The clouds. Well, the guy in the plane would finish out with Jesus. And I thought, wow. Thank you, God. For seeing me under the fig tree. We have our membership meals. As you've heard me mention. And... I remember one in January. Won't share the whole story for you. I'll just put it to you this way. Sometimes there are these moments and it's under the airbag. I saw you. And I saved you. Sometimes there are these moments and it's under the ceiling in an abandoned hotel room. I saw you and I heard your cry and I came running to rescue you. To be under the fig tree is to live under the peace of God. Not a peace that's given as the world gives, but it's a peace that's supernaturally given towards us and to each of us by God Himself. And there are certainly circumstances and moments in life where, let me exaggerate, it sure feels like this. Hey God, <laughs> hello, I'm over here. You need to see me. I'm up right here, right here. And we, we don't know why. Maybe it's the dance moves. I don't know. But he's keeping some space. But let me encourage you. It is perfectly, perfectly encouraged to experience the mystery of God. It is the mystery of God that moves us from knowing about God to the revelation of being known by God. I also remember a time I was very thankful for. This is before the cell phone age, or at least before my personal cell phone age. In college, I'll never forget coming back one day. Come on, remember college or remember your young adult years. I remember walking in the door and going over. For those of you who are unfamiliar, there used to be these boxes that would receive your calls. And they would leave messages on these boxes. And you would walk up to the box and you would see a little red light flashing, letting you know you had a message. Or like me, that your mom has called 15 times. <laughs> Son, answer. Okay, well, I come and I hit play. And a lady named Mary had left a voice message. She said, Paul, I just want to let you know I'm sending you $300. You need to check your student mailbox. And I thought, 
How does she know? My parents didn't tell her. I didn't send out a missions email to the church that I attended saying, please help me. I'm a college student, and your missions dollars can feed me. I didn't say nothing like that went out. <laughs> May have thought about it, never sent it. It's the goodness of God. It sees us in those moments and encourages us and blesses us and moves us from a religion into a relationship. That Nathaniel was religious. Nathaniel was aware. If you were Jewish at the time, let me just tell you friendly, <laughs> you didn't have a choice. <laughs> there were no agnostics. There were no atheists. There were no people, hey, let me choose, Jew, Jew, let me choose to be Jewish. No, you were Jewish through and through. And you studied the Torah. You studied the Scripture. And Nathaniel was doing his religious due diligence. And then Jesus moved him from religion to relationship. He moved him to a place of receiving the goodness and the beauty of God. It's difficult to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and simply settle for a formula, a religious idea or premonition. Because scattered throughout the Gospels, we're not given A plus B equals C. You know what we're given? Story. Stories. And I don't know about you, but stories like this have a way of getting stuck. And as Matthew 13, 33 says, in due course, they begin to weave their way through our lives like yeast in dough. That's how the kingdom of God works. As I was reflecting on Michael's Incredible testimony, an incredible story. We can get stuck at the why. We all have our why moments. I think in American Christianity, it's one of our favorite questions. I'm guilty of it all the time. But I think what's so beautiful about Michael's story is how God moved him. From a place of forsaken to being found. A place of abandoned to the abounding love of God. And he used other people to bring him into that place. My encouragement today, it's a simple one. <laughs> A little play on words, but I want to encourage you to continue to position yourself under the fig tree. It's a great evangelistic tool in your work week this next week. What did Pastor talk about? He said about placing myself under the fig tree. You're going to have some curious looks. But the fig tree, it's the symbol and it's the statement that we keep ourselves in the proximity of God. 
That we keep ourselves close to Jesus as best we can, close to his ways, close to his words, close to a life of surrender. And in due course, in his own way, I can't predict them, I can't make them happen for you, but I can promise you, God sees you. God knows you. God loves you and he will meet you in that place and you will look back and you will say, oh, under the fig tree, under under your proximity, when I drew close to you, when I thought, when I prayed, when I spent time in your word. John Wesley is credited with this quote, the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. That's a little bit of what I'm talking about. Because the temptation in life, we don't live, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, we don't live in a day and age when the Gospels were written. We're not very contemplative. Amen? Or oh no, I don't know. So, we're, not, we're not very contemplative. We're very fast-paced, we're very phone-friendly, very distracted, we're very busy. Do you remember, come on, do you remember, for those of you who remember, 30 years ago, do you know what the response was? Hey, how, how are you? Fine. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic. Yeah, I'm just playing. Fine. The answer was, hey, how are you? Oh, Fine. What's the statement now? Hey, how are you? I'm busy. B-b-busy. Busy. What are you doing? Just busy stuff. <laughs> Just stuff. My brain's busy. What are you doing with it? just absorbing a lot of information. A lot of other people's life information. But it's fun. And sometimes people hit the like button and the dopamine in my brain goes off and I get addicted to it. I don't know, I'm just busy. I'm just, just busy bees. The psychologist Carl Jung would say, busy isn't of the devil. It is the devil. Under the fig tree is the rebellious act of prayer. It's the rebellious act of the spirit and principality of the age to study and read God's word and to somehow say, I'm too busy not to pray. Too busy not to sit under the fig tree. When we slow down and pray, think about the things of the Lord, for some of us it may be the first time in our life that we have to confront the fact that we've spent many years knowing about God that we haven't opened ourselves to being known by God. Prayer is that invitation 
to position ourselves to be transformed into the adopted, beloved children of God. Is there any other way? I'm not so sure. Is it fast? Not really. Is it worth it? It is. It is. You know, busyness can keep us from the greater good in our life. I want to end by just encouraging you. Though it costs all you have, pray well. Though it costs all you have, read the Word. (laughs) Though it costs all you have, sit down and meet with God. End of your bed. Upstairs. In the living room. Quiet places of our life is where Jesus meets us and speaks to our heart exactly what we need to hear. I like to say that one whisper from heaven can do far better than 52 messages. Because I'm going to do all I can. I'm going to do the very best I can. But I know that when Jesus says, hey, listen, how do I know you? Well, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. It's the heart of God towards us. It's his invitation towards us that you and I would experience life in and through him. Michael's story shares about a God who does not forsake and about a Savior who is everything we need. There's some seasons of life that would have been hard for me to swallow because I was convinced in what this world offered and the promises that it could offer. But over the years, I've begun to understand Jesus is indeed everything we need. And God has seen us and does love us. So I encourage you, as you go about your week this week, position yourself as best you can to push pause, to slow down, to meet with God, and encounter Jesus in a new and fresh way. Let's pray. God, Thank you this morning for Jesus' stories that speak to us in a life that is distracted when problems are mounting, God, and circumstances do not go the way we always hoped they would. Father, I pray that you would position our hearts to hear Clearly, your voice that calls to us, beloved, I see you and I'm moving. Would you give us fresh ears to hear, God, fresh eyes to see, a life to understand that living surrendered and living for you is heaven on earth. 
Right now in this moment, I'm going to give you the invitation to surrender to Christ. To give your life, your way of doing life, your way of understanding life over to Him. And like Nathaniel said, to live is not Jesus as a good advisor, but Jesus as the King of Kings and the good news and the hope that we can have. Say this prayer with me. God, I need you. Jesus, I need your mercy. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my past. I surrender it all to you. Have all of me, God. You are the one I'm living for. I believe that I'm born again, that I'm set free, and I will step into all the days you have for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your time.